What's going on, people? And welcome back to the Baby Fathers podcast for another brand new episode. I'm your host, and I go by the name of DJ Ridlar. First things first, I want to say thank you to everybody who has been supporting the Baby Fathers podcast. All right, that's the first thing I want to say to you lot. If you're new to the channel, make sure you subscribe to the channel and press that notification button so any new episode that comes out, you're going to be the first to know, all right? So on today's show, we have another special guest. So I can't say another special guest because he has been on the show previously before, all right? Now, he goes by the name of Kane. What's good, bro? How you doing? I'm good. Good to be back still. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Just so that I'm going to let the viewers know, right? Um, last time when you came on the show... You had a situation with your daughter who was stuck in St. Lucia and she was being held by the um, social services. Yeah, social services in St. Lucia. I've, I've had a lot of people who obviously has been asking about the follow-up to that story through the amount of DMs, people been reaching out to find out about your situation. So the reason why we got you back on is to find out about the process from the last time you was on the show. So the last time on the show, you literally didn't have your daughter and you was fighting for her. You set up a GoFund page yeah. and et cetera to try and get her back. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we're going to kind of leave off from the last part of that story to you didn't have a daughter. So tell me from that part onwards, moving forward. So that part onward, obviously we had the GoFundMe set up. We got access to the funds and we started to go through the court route. We basically, what we first applied for was a um, was the order. It was basically a return order mm. and a, I think it was a supervision order. So basically it would have been the St. Lucian Social Services independently doing a parental assessment of me and the mother. Now, can you kind of just give us a brief? Why was I holding your daughter again for? So they was holding her because uh, the mother of my child had a mental breakdown while she was living within St. Lucia. She was, my daughter was taken from her care and she was placed into government-sanctioned childcare. And while she was over there, she ended up being sectioned forcibly. She was then released, I believe, a couple of weeks to maybe a month after she was first, in, first initially sectioned. Mm. And she decided to um, travel back to the UK. So it was more or less left in my hands to get mm. her back. So, yeah. And then... Why, when you did ask to get your daughter back, what was the reason why they were refusing to send her back to you? So the bill and end of it was basically, because I wasn't there in person mm. when it first, when she was initially taken and when it came to court, I couldn't represent myself and go over there because like we said in the last pod, it was all, they have to follow the proper channels. Okay. So because they couldn't get a positive uh, parental assessment from me or mm. my ex-partner, my baby mother, because they couldn't get that, they couldn't have a clear basis and framework of how, right, we know the child is being returned to this address. These are the arrangements that we're, that we're going to put forward. Mm -hmm. And we have a clear outline plan that we can return her and then they would no longer be responsible or it could bite them in okay. the behind, if you know what I mean. So when, obviously, they refused for her to come over, she, she was staying in St. Lucia. She was staying in, in childcare. Yeah. So what was the process you had to do over here for an order to go over there to, to try and get her back? Right. So basically we found through a close family friend, we found a really good family family law solicitor within mm -hmm. St. Lucia. We approached the courts. We went through, um, we went through initially, we went through county court in St. Lucia. 
the family court, county court. We, did you fly over there? No, no, no. Okay. I, did, I did this all from the comfort of the UK. Okay. So I just liaised with my solicitor on a regular basis every two to three days. We'd have reoccurring um, meetings, I believe, every two weeks to maybe, depending on how long the magistrate would adjourn it mm. for. Say we'd have a meeting, it started off uh, every two to three weeks, then it went to a month. And it was all on the basis of getting information from the home office over here, mm. getting information from the home office within Barbados that deals with uh, St. Lucia also, and all the information being relayed to the relevant parties. So everyone knew like, right, okay, so have we got all 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 relevant documents? Do we have a clear framework of how social services what the main part was, was social services in the UK dr dragged their feet. It yeah. was a very past the buck from one borough to the other borough where my daughter had lived in so many places. Mm. So that's kind of what held it up. It was mm. very, we had a partial mm. assessment from Essex and then we had previous history with Wolven Forest. And then we had the borough I was in at the time Enfield, we had a partial assessment from them also. Mm. So the magistrate was more concerned. I'll never forget what she said to me because she said it in every hearing. It was, what is, the what is the mechanism in which we are going to return her? I need to know everything that's happened in the past mm. and then I can put a cohesive plan forward and then Mr. Smith can come and fly over like I did and return her and bring her home. All right, so what was the reason that she couldn't come back straight away. Why did it have to go through this whole process inside the UK? Why wasn't in the UK able to, to kind of flex their muscles to get her? Right, so I may get a few things wrong. Okay. Not wrong, but not entirely yeah. truth to, tr true to the T. Uh, but St. Lucia is part of the non-Hague agreement. It's a non-Hague agreement country. So that means there's no forcible return for mm. abducted or kidnapped children. So when she was taken over there, it meant that the UK, the foreign office and uh, the foreign office, the home office had no power to say, right, this is a British national. You need to return her directly straight away because our father has presented himself, documents are proof for the child and how he's going to look after her and return her to the UK. So they kept her on the basis of also what happened. She was made a, a ward of court. So basically, when your child is taken away from you, social services get involved. They can effectively take parental responsibility with you. So when they take that parental responsibility away from you, not taking it away from you, but joining, but joining it with you. So I, I had PR, my baby mum had PR, and the court was banned smack in the middle saying, yeah, you both have the right to say what you want to say, but we're not going to let it, we're not going to make any final decision until we're, we're happy with every box being ticked. Mm. So that was part of the reason why as well, she couldn't come back straight away because they was basically saying, we need to know everything. We need to be fully happy and aware of how she's going to be returned. So it was mainly, one of the main things also was they wanted a safe environment where she had been uprooted so many times and put here, there and everywhere. Their their main concern was, where's she going to be returned to? Mm. While she's returned, how are the parental assessments going to turn out? And are they going to be positive? And when they get those final answers, that's when they let her eventually come back to me. So there was a lot of bureaucracy mm. because it was just, there was so many things that was up in the air and we're dealing with it from a separate country from the from the last pod and then going forward and going through court in the UK, finding a solicitor in the UK, finding a solicitor in St. Lucia that so, was reputable. So let's talk about the solicitor in St. Yeah. Lucia. How did that play out? How did that work with you? I'm going to give him a shout out. Big up Salim Charles. Over there, basically... 
they would liaise with the human division of social services in St. Lucia. Uh, there was an attorney, gen attorney general, Mr. John Charles. There was also the high magistrate who was overseeing the case. And my solicitor would basically, I would feed him information and I would put everything forward that I'd garnered every, every month mm. between our meetings. And then we would go into court and we had hash out the details and there was little things. So there was like letters, reports, reports and letters pertaining to the mother of my child's mental health, my situation, my previous mental health, how I'm going to look after her, how she plans to look after her. And because it got dragged out so long, mm -hmm. it was only in the last few months of, 20, of 2022 that the last few hearings, I think where the mother of my child's mental health kind of got a bit better and she started to address it. Mm. She was more coherent and able to make our informed decision and say, okay, I give consent to, for him to come and collect her. And I do give her that because she did give me consent. But I think if that got tidied up and pushed away easy, mm. sooner and easier, she would have been home a lot faster. And she knows that. Mm. So it's nothing really, I, I don't hold it against her because again, she's suffering. But if if she hadn't have done that, honestly, I've got to give her a juice. If she didn't do that, she wouldn't be back here now. As well, mm. she would be back here, but it would have taken longer. a lot longer and a lot more money. When you went to St. Lucia, what did they turn around and say when you was there to able to, to take her back home with you? The first day I was there, I met with Miss um, Henry, one of the social workers, beautiful lady who looked after my child like she was her own. Mm. I met with her. I got to meet my daughter after <laughs> not seeing her for how many years. Yeah. It, it was crazy. She she ran up to me like she... Because we'd been building the bond for a year and I'd been so consistent in doing everything. It was like, it was like dad had never left. So was you doing like able to talk to her? Yeah, they, le they left me with her. No, no, no. So when you was back in the UK, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. was you able to allow her to talk to her or was it... No yeah, communication. So, How did that work play out? So I had to present all my details. I had to provide a copy of her birth certificate, um, a copy of my birth certificate, all the relevant details. And then they slowly started to reintroduce me to her. How did they do that? Basically, we'd have a facilitated phone call every single day. So me being me, I don't miss that phone call. Mm. Come hell or high water. I make sure I'm there. We'd talk. We talk about schoolwork, the culture over there, what she's got, what she's going through, how she feels. And just over time, it'd be every day, every day, every day. I'd do like little activities with her over the phone. Okay. And it was just over a period of time, it was for, we spoke consistently for the first year she was over there, maybe for about three and a half to four months, maybe a bit longer. Mm. There was a slight, obviously, due to her mental health, there was a slight hiccup where she was upset that I was being able to speak to her and I had gained so much contact and leeway with her because I was proving what everything I was saying. So she kind of, she brought up her previous contact order that she made without my um, knowledge in 2018 of mm. April. And she basically went to court, said I was estranged, said I didn't know my child, I'd never seen her. I then went back to the social workers and provided proof of every single year mm. of dates I'd been with her. Days she'd let me taken her to the park Mm. Me giving her stuff like toys, little things, and once they realised, when we went into court, it got it got thrown out by the, by the higher magistrate because she she said we've clearly shown a clear line of communication. He's always been present mm. at any given chance. I've shown up. I show up and I show out. I make sure I do whatever's in my power for my child. 
So where I was able to prove that I'd been consistent and everything that was being said wasn't wasn't the honest truth, mm. the contact got reinstated. So there was a brief period where obviously I'm not even going to say it was out of spite because she doesn't have her full she, at the time she didn't have her full capabilities around her. Yeah. So yeah, but that's how the contact worked. It was yeah. just it was like it was like if she was here and all of this madness didn't happen and it was giving social services or the court was giving me the opportunity as long as you show up and you show that you're you're ready in by any means to do it they'll mm. let you do it so yeah so you're back in St. Lucia now yeah. you've gone to meet your daughter yeah what was the first thing that happened when you first saw her I took her to the we had a cuddle was you nervous when you when you was going to meet her bro I, I was I was terrified <laughs> you gotta think I I I didn't see my child by myself Five years. Mm. I ain't had her overnight. I couldn't take her to the shop without the mother hawking it on my shoulder. Mm. I, I had I had no say, you know, mm. in whatsoever. I had no say. And then it went from that to, I've gone with the social worker. We've picked her up. She's sitting in the back of the car and I'm looking over my shoulder. I'm going, you're right, baby. <laughs> she's going, yes, daddy. Because she's got a little the twang accent. now. Yeah, she's yes, got an accent. Yes, daddy. I'm saying, yeah. Cried a little bit. I won't lie. Yeah. I sat in the front and got a firm up though. I just had to kind of brush Obviously, it off. Because what you've gone through, innit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, you also, you've gone and done things what's not actually in your non-genomic behaviour. Yeah, yeah. So to put yourself out there to, and to, to the public to say, listen, my child is stuck in St. Lucia and I need help. Yeah. That's not something you normally would do. Never. You understand? <laughs> so... It's just all that, all that stuff for maybe just all coming in, into your emotions. hundred percent. You get me? So anyway, so yeah, so you've got her, you're driving. And basically the social worker just said, because I'd proven everything, mm. I've done all the contact, I've jumped through every hoop. She said, I'm going to leave her with you for a few hours. Mm. We used two to bond. That's I nice. said, obviously it was like the crowning moment. Mm. So once she's chilled out and she's all baked off and that, I just sent all my family. We had a family group chat. I just sent them photos. Everyone's crying. Yes, Everyone's man. bugging out. It was, it, but the, that was the first time I saw her. That first day. All right. So you've now collected her. Yeah. You brought her back to the UK. Yeah. What was this, what's the setup like back over here now? So basically, what's what's happened over here now is obviously we've had to have we had I and the, the mother of my child had um, an independent social worker do a parental assessment of both of us separately. Mm -hmm. Those assessments, the mother's one didn't come out well at all, obviously. Mm. My one came out partially well, I'd say about 65% there, but because of... What, what, what haunted? Yeah. What, bit, what haunted you? Uh, so basically my past, when I was younger, there's, mm. a certain, um, there's a certain portrayal of me from maybe six years ago six six and a half years ago that they're still holding me to and it's like they're not taking into account the work mm. i've done or everything i've done i've if i'm completely honest i think because social services there were so many reports made previously before this all happened mm. I, I i put my hands up my mother her family members brethrens everyone made reports and they just brushed it off mm. there's inconsistency inconsistencies factual inconsistencies throughout the reports and they've admitted certain things. So it feels like now where she's back, regardless of all the good I've done, what they're doing is holding me to that report from six years ago. Mm. And they're trying to do their due, due diligence because they don't want to be held accountable if anything goes wrong. All right. I'm not going to go too deep into what you've done in the past. Yeah. But what's the kind of outline what they, 
we can kind of give? Um, everyone makes mistakes when yeah. they're younger. Everyone does some some silly stuff, and you can still be held accountable for things you've done, even if you've completely turned your life around and you're a normal citizen and mm. a law-abiding person. They're still gonna look at you well, as that is not the norm of what many parents follow. Mm-hmm. So just because we come from a certain background and we may get into certain things when we're young, and then we can grow out of that, mm. they don't see it like that. They see it as well. The normal average Joe of any ethnicity would probably not do this. Would yeah. probably not like the like your average your average Greg or John who goes to work every day, <laughs> Philip, Dequan, A, whatever. It could be mm. any name. Like they don't get into certain things, and even if they've turned their life around, we're gonna look at it from a point of well, you shouldn't have done that when you were younger anyway. Mm. And with that being said. They're kind of, they've kind of just been like, okay, well, yep, we see all the good you've done. You flew halfway across the world. You picked up your daughter. You you went out there and raised your voice and you've done all of, the, all of this stuff. And I'm still jumping through hoops right now. So with all of that said now, with your daughter and social services, what are they saying about this now then? Right, so... There's an SGO order in place, which is a special guardianship order. Mm. So... Part of the the means of retur- the mechanism of returning my daughter was obviously, like I said, cl- uh, safe environment for her to be put into. So my mum has put herself forward as a foster carer. Okay, she is now she now shares parental responsibility with I am I am I the mother of my child, mm-hmm. and neither of us get um, clemency over the other. Neither one takes above. So my mum can say, okay, well, this is what I think. This is what I think. She's not, she's impartial. So she's like the legal guardian now. Yeah, she's the legal guardian now. So basically she resides at my mother's. I see her three, three days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, her mother sees her once every Saturday on in a facilitated space, not by herself. Okay. She's not allowed to yet, but we hope that obviously given, given advancement, someday that will happen in the future. Mm. But it's all about the child's safety. Be all and end all. And... How many hours does she spend with her mum every Saturdays? Two hours. Two hours a time? Yeah, two hours a time. And for me at the moment, it's it's three days a week. There's no specific hour set on it. Mm. But I feel, obviously, I feel that I should get more because I don't feel like I've done the same yeah. things. But at the same time, it's not really about what I want. Is and it? is this been issued by this? Uh... Yeah, this has been issued by social services. So um, we're currently waiting for another family meeting. Uh, so they have family meetings and the social worker, your dedicated social worker, will usually approach the legal team within whatever bur- borough you're in. Mm. They will have a meeting and discuss whether or not they think they can take on what you say or they can disregard it. It all depends on mm. how you hold yourself and what you do in regards to your child. So as long as I keep on the path that I'm doing, how I have been, it's only going to get better. And where the SGO is going through in the next coming weeks, so mm. where that's going to go through, basically, if we both do the things that we need to do, like I said, with drug testing, with um, her being... For me, it was drug testing and it was... Um, um, a clean letter of mental health, which mm-hmm. I've sourced through my GP. For her, I think it's drug testing. It's a clean bill of mental health. It's, it's consistency in regards to the child and making decisions that benefit the child and not herself. Mm. So once we've both gone through those things and I've knocked out my first two things, yeah. we can both go, cool. Yeah. Because obviously, 
what I've said and what I'm always going to stick with is the child, child, my, my child will be coming with me. I ain't gone through this. I was just about to ask you, yeah, yeah when well, you're going court for, so, so she's going to court saying she wants to be the legal um, yeah. parent and then you're doing that the same, like you also want to be. Yeah, so once I've knocked these two things out, I'm going for full custody. Mm. I'm going full custody. Um, I've already, we've had this discussion as well, so I'm happy to say it on a pod. I'm going for full custody. That's what I've been fighting for all these years. I've finally been able to prove I am a good and I'm a good, respectful, loving father. That's all, always what I've wanted to be and what I am. Mm. She is also saying she wants to go for full custody, but I'm at this point, it's not. It's probably not going to happen. With with, and that's not off my personal opinion. It's just off of common sense with everything mm. that's happened like i never kidnapped the kid i never went and done all this crazy stuff all i've done is brought her back and try and be her dad and what i think would be best is for her to have a strong male role model in her life who she can see will go to the end of the earth for her so mm. yeah i'm i'll i will be going caught for full custody in probably the next couple of months once the sgo order goes through and i'll pass mm. these two little hurdles i'm not sure what she's going to be doing but i've always said to her um, full full thingy I've always said full custody for me and I'll let her see her whenever she wants we can work that out mm. I'm never going to stop her from seeing a kid but I just I'm trying to do what's bed for, best for my child and obviously I know you done a GoFundMe page yeah 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 Did, was that able to cover your costs or did you start to go over above hell what no. it was <laughs> hell no bro. right so the GoFundMe covered like three quarters of the court costs and then mm. because obviously from the pod, we were still in court up to a year. Um, as I was saying, we had a lot of people who has been messaging throughout the whole process to mm. find out about your story. You understand? So, and these people actually had people who in St. Lucia who could help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, they yeah. was like, oh, how can I go to this guy? Yeah. Because I've got people over there who can help him. And this was like on a good few different occasions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You understand? So it's just good to see how the community has come together to actually help. To help yeah. and support and see where they can, where they can, you know? Yeah, yeah. But as I said, it's good to know that you've got your daughter back. Um, yeah, bro. I, think, I don't know anything more to say. You got anything more to say? <laughs> uh, it's good being, God bless everyone that donated. Um, mm. It's good to be a full-time dad again. It's good to have my little girl back. And for any of the fathers out there that think you can't do it, if you need help, open up your mouth, bro. Don't do that pride thing because pride gets you nowhere. And mm. secondly, um, just just try it, bruv. Just try it. I'm not perfect. If I can do it and yeah. she's back here with man, anyone can do it, bro. <laughs> that's all I can that's really true, say. Man. That's good. That's that's good, man. That's good. Well, listen, Kay, Kane, I want to say thank you for coming back. Thank you. To bro. come and share your story with us. And it's just good to know that you've got your daughter back. And um, yeah, man. Thank you, bro. Yeah? Yeah, man. All right, so listen, I want to say thank you to everyone who's been watching today. I want to hear your lot's views in the description below. Also, if you didn't see the first interview I've done with him, I'm going to also put that in the link in the description so you can go back to the first episode to hear about the story, how his daughter got taken away and was in St. Louis Shaft. We had to go and fight to get her back, all right? So, yeah, so till next time from the Baby Fathers, peace, and we out, man.